We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to this edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. Uh, with me today, uh, we're down one amigo in our three amigo uh, trio here. But So today it's just me and my buddy, Matt Frelick. Matt, how are you doing? Good. I thought we were musketeers, though. Is that is that inaccurate? Did we decide on musketeers or amigos? Or I don't really know it if it was the, decided. I think it was just a three, one-time... The three best friends that anyone has had. Three ta- uh, the th- the three barbecue friends. The th- <laughs> uh, well, regardless, we're we're down Jen today, so it's just me and you. And so, if we weren't struggling already to get this podcast off the ground with, uh, without her, uh, you and I are trying to struggle through. Uh, we've got various equipment issues that we're trying to struggle through here, getting our podcast set up. I- I'm working. I- I'm working with my Xbox headset. Is the is the stage that I'm at in my podcasting uh set up right now Matt, I, you're you're not you've done it before but you're not running that right you're no, just we're yeah. just we're just trying to make this work as best we can with what we got for sure and like in a pinch my 28 year old ways of still playing video games which many uh let's say my girlfriend wouldn't appreciate um it has you know in a pinch work the xbox headset does work any podcasters yeah. out there anyone wanting to do a podcast you're like hey i have an xbox headset like you're honestly like maybe two tenths of the way there. So in addition, Dan and I were talking and like, 
yeah, you know, I was about to do laundry, Dan. And I'm like, oh, thankfully I remember that because I have to dump out my hamper that I use with a large pillow inside of it to kind of, you know, buff the sound a little bit. And ironically, you also do the same setup. Do this very same. And even like down to the circular laundry basket. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what works best. I don't know why. It just it just seems like it doesn't take much space up on my desk. I, it, right. I feel like the, the like a rectangular one, it's just it doesn't fit as well cuz then you're either putting it at like one end and you've got a huge long side that you're trying to deal with on the other end or it's sitting right in the middle of it like the circular one, it feels just very standish. You're putting it on a pedestal, like it just feels right. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a one pillow guy. It's like a like a longer pillow. So like if I had, mm-hmm. it would have to be like two pillows, and then like it's just I don't think it's going to work out that way. So I'm glad someone else, you know, feels my struggle or the podcast struggle. I think it's I don't know, it's just one of the things that it's just I should go. You know, Shopco actually just closed last week, um, and I'm sure like they were probably paying me to just take off some sort of apparatus that would have like worked as a microphone hub. Maybe even another laundry basket, but you know, instead I'll just keep using the one I've been using because it's it just you know if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. And this is this is the high quality stuff that we put into this podcast. It's a the the equip what we don't put in on the equipment side, we make up for in the content side. And that's the beauty of podcasting, though. Like when you really right. think about it, like audio, like you know, you work at a radio station, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. So it's yep. like you don't have to worry about. You know, if, if you got the makeup on, if your hair's right, if you got the stain on your shirt, like you can like, for all we know, like maybe we don't have pants on right now. I have shorts on. I'm not going to speak for you, but like, who knows? No, no one's, no one has any clue. We could have a, you know, just a Packer jersey on. I've recorded in a jersey at time or 12. I, I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of pants on me at the moment. Respectable. Uh. <laughs> um. Into what we're talking about today, Matt. We're not we're not just uh, discussing the woes of um, of podcasting today. No. Uh, we are starting off uh, the Pack a Day podcast series about the position groups that the Packers are going to be facing in the upcoming season. Uh, we're going to break down the top ten players from each position group that the Packers are going to face this year. We thankfully, I think, got the uh, the easiest or at least i think the most uh intriguing that you can the most the most that you can go in depth with it we're discussing the quarterbacks today because obviously i mean the game revolves almost solely around the quarterback and so if you don't have a quarterback you don't have a team and really at this point the team is your quarterback so really we're discussing almost the top 10 teams that the packers are going to be facing uh this year in a way um so 13 different quarterbacks, obviously, the Packers are going to be seeing in the upcoming season. So if we're taking the top 10, that means a couple guys are going to be left off of the list. So uh, for you, Matt, um, I, I, well, let, I guess let's, let's look, go down the list here and just look and see who the Packers are actually going to be facing in the upcoming season. That's so, a good idea. A little refresher. A little refresher. So, obviously, you start off with the Bears, the Vikings. Uh, so, Mitchell Trubisky, Kirk Cousins. Um, Joe Flacco in week three with the Broncos. Uh, Carson Wentz in week four with the Eagles. Cowboys week five, Dak Prescott. Uh, the Lions in week six with Matt Stafford. Um, Derek Carr with the Raiders in week seven. Patrick Mahomes and uh, Philip Rivers in week eight and nine. Cam Newton in week ten. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, week 12, the Giants, week 13 with Eli Manning. Um, week 14, kind of up in the air. It's between Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum at this point. I don't know if there's a, a way that the wind is blowing. Does that, now, does that sway your rating, Dan? It if does. You were to, it does it does. really? Oh, man. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that a little bit okay. Uh, okay. when we get to it. Yeah, so um, – yeah, so and then after that we finish off with the three uh divisional games after that. So uh repeat those quarterbacks again. So out of those thirteen, uh who did not make your list? Uh I I was gonna call him honorable mention. I guess it's disrespectful not to I'll call him honorable mention. So I don't have him ranked at all, but I'm going with Haskins that he's gonna you know be the starter. I put him in the bottom three. Uh, I put okay. Eli Manning down there, and also Joe Flacco. I feel like the you know we've we've done the is Joe Flacco elite thing a couple times. Um, right. Him going to a new offense in Denver with just kind of a young a team on the offensive side of the ball defenses. You don't really know what you're going to get there because they're kind of they're kind of in a rebuilding era. So I, those are my bottom three in Haskins, Eli, and Flacco. I mean, if I had to throw Keenum in there, I'd still probably consider him a bottom three. I do like Case Keenum. I just don't think he, I guess, you know, goes above the other top ten guys I have. What about yourself? Well, I agree with you on two of them. Okay. I have Manning and Flacco in my bottom thirteen, the bottom three, um, and and this is where the Haskins Keenum uh, split kind of comes into play here with because right now I have Derek Carr in the bottom. Wow. Uh, the bottom three. Okay. And. Uh, so so let, well, let's let's just let's just jump into this then. So we we've got our, our bottom three. So we're gonna go. Let's start off our. We'll go ten through six, and we'll just kind of rattle them off and dissect uh, them as we go through and, and look at them as a individual basis later. But um, Matt, I'll let you take the honors here first. Give us uh, ten through six, the top ten quarterbacks the Green Bay Packers are going to face this year. Now, I think to also to clarify, we're, we're basing this all on, or at least mostly on talent, yes. pure talent of the quarterback. So, you know, it doesn't matter who he's really throwing to the offensive lines or anything like that. It, this is the, just the quarterbacks themselves. So uh, 10 through six, Matt. See, it's, I actually just made a switch real quick. I, I, I'm writing, I'm switching them up. So number 10 is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think coming off that knee injury, you know, he he looks good. I would almost rate him higher, Dan, if we're going off of just a strictly like, uh, you know, offensive production, what you're going to get from him. Because I do think mm-hmm. with that offense and just the pieces they've tried to put around him, uh, I think, it, you know, I think the team is going to perform well this year. The Niners, they're, they're, they're trending upward. The defense is going to be really great. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's obviously going to, you know, him and Garoppolo. War, you did see some like glimpses of promise last year, uh, but mm. he's he's my number ten. I actually, he was the one I switched. Uh, staff, or excuse me, uh, Dak Prescott is number nine. Uh, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a winner. Uh, he showed me a couple things late in the, the season last year uh, with the Cowboys, but he's my number nine. Number eight is the one I flip-flop with Garoppolo, and that would be Matthew Stafford. Time and time again, I kind of want to forget about Stafford in the division, let alone the whole NFC, but he just he's kind of a gamer. I mean, he, he is going to be losing a weapon or two this year, or one, he's down one weapon. Obviously, Golden Tate gone, and they're going to have to diversify those, um, those targets, but he's done a lot with a little, and I don't want to say it's been overly productive, but 
I mean, he is he's a he's a gamer. Um, mm-hmm. Number seven, I put Mitchell Trubisky. I know he doesn't come off the page as you know this big gunslinger, and he's it's more of a high tempo offense, and they're just gonna you know dink and dunk that five to fifteen yards, and you're gonna let their guys just run around. But you know he is quick. Uh, the Packers, you know, once in a while will struggle with a, a mobile quarterback, um, and I think you know coming into his third year, you're only gonna see bigger things from Mitch Trubisky. And the number six, you're probably gonna be shocked. I put uh, I put Carr. I I just think the last maybe year and a half has been just in shambles for the Raiders and let alone yeah. Carr. He's had the injuries last year. You really didn't see him do anything too great coming off of an injury into the 2018 season. He loses Amar- Amari Cooper. And that doesn't, I mean, you lose your number one guy that doesn't do you really any favors. You have a Jordy Nelson who's already banged up and obviously retired now. Uh, you know, him and Jared Cook were really, really good last year, but I do think getting into the offense, I don't think John Gruden's like a great offensive mind maybe in 2019, but I think he is kind of a quarterback guru in a sense. So I think that helps him a little bit. Um, So that does round up my 10 through six. Dan, what do you got? So my 10 is the same as yours. Uh, I went Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, I I really wanted to put him higher on the list because I I had him at eight and I just like... (sighs) I just think his I, I, system I, would almost make him higher than that. But talent-wise, you still don't really know what you have. Right, and and I think that's exactly why. Because out of pretty much out of everybody out of this group, except maybe Dwayne Haskins, you don't know what you have there right. as a starting quarterback. You know, we obviously saw what he did in limited roles uh, with the Patriots, but after, especially after the ACL tear, you have zero idea of how he's going to operate out there in that system. Uh, so he's actually one of the, I was, I was really excited last year when I saw that that was the game or that game was going to be on the schedule for the Packers. Uh, you know, obviously it, it didn't come around, but I really wanted to see how Garoppolo and Rogers kind of faced off with each other. Cause I really do think he has the talent, but until we kind of see him, I think you out of almost like just pure logic, you have to put him at the bottom just because you have no idea what he, what he actually could be there. It's still a high ceiling for him, but uh, I, that's why I put him at 10. So at nine is where I have right now the Redskins situation of Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum. Uh, because I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. I mean, you could almost on, throw, I'm sorry, but you could almost throw Colt McCoy yeah. and I mean, no, Alex Smith's probably, he might be done, but you could throw Colt McCoy in there. Colt McCoy can play. No, that that's very true. They're all at the same level. But, Right, and 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 then too, with it being the Week 14 game, you really have no idea who you could play at that position at that point because there there could be a really good chance that you know Case Keenum starts the season, he gets benched, you know, in Week Four, Week Five. You put Haskins in there, and maybe he just doesn't have it, and then yeah, you go to Colt McCoy. I mean, there's you're right; it, it could honestly be anybody by the time it gets to Week 14. Um, but I, I'm rolling with the idea that it is going to be Dwayne Haskins and that we get to see the rook, the full rookie season of Dwayne Haskins, or at least most of it. I, I'm pretty high on, on him as, as, a, as a pure passer. You can call me out on my Ohio State bias if, if that's what you need to. Uh, I'm subtweeting you, Jacob Westendorf. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I honestly think Dwayne Haskins could be something that we see – uh, become something in week 14, almost kind of like if you remember the the rookie season of Cam Newton 
and the Packers played them, I think, week two or week one. Um, and it was a kind of a situation where people didn't know exactly how to play him yet, and so he was having a lot of success. I think that what you could see out of Dwayne Haskins in this season. So I, I think there's potential for him there. In week or, uh, excuse me, at number eight, I have Mitchell Trubisky. I'm a super low on Trubisky, and it's not just because he's a bear. I, I really don't don't like how he plays. I, I don't think he's very good. I think he relies a lot on the players around him, almost too much just to make plays for him. Uh, I call him I, I call him a budding Matt Stafford in my opinion, uh, which might be contradicted by the next uh, couple here. But I have Cam Newton at number seven. Uh, just because I think he's still a veteran, he's got a lot of talent, but I mean, there's just way too many injuries. And at this point he's, he just can't make a lot of the deep throws anymore that I think really helped him out. And in weeks or in number six, um, is where I have Matt Stafford, which kind of contradicts the Mitchell Trubisky drag there. But yeah, just like kind of what you said, it's almost just more the mental side of it. Like he just seems like a baller and it pisses me off because uh, I hate the Lions and I hate Matt Stafford. But for some reason, every time he comes up against the Packers, he balls out. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and he just goes to a different level. So uh, that's why I have him at number six. So, uh, and, so and my, the image I always have in my head about Matt Stafford is like, I don't remember. It was, must have been his sophomore season or his third year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. And where he just has the, was it the rotator cuff? Yeah. And he goes in and still throws a touchdown, two point conversion. It's like, how do you not – that's that's the only memory, like, that's vivid in my head all the time for Stafford. Like, that's the first thing I go to. And, like, I just think of that. Like, what you're saying, like, he's just a gamer. He's a baller. Like, that's what you're going to get from him. Yeah. And, and I mean, the talent the talent negates a lot of that because I, I he's he, – I don't think he's really – he's not an elite quarterback, I don't think. And I don't think he's no. ever going to get to that point because we're kind of at the point of his career where he's not going to become that um, – so that's that's why I keep him there. But the, I mean that yeah, there has to be something to be said for coming up and you know beating the Packers. I, I mean it's been at least the it's the last two years now he's undefeated against the Packers if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so just to recap, uh, my ten through six: Garoppolo, Haskins, slash Keenum, Trubisky, Newton, Stafford. Uh, recap us again, Matt. You're ten through six. Yeah, I had Garoppolo, Dak, Matthew Stafford, Trubisky, and Carr is number six. I'm just Cam Newton. I'm a little a little disrespect. Maybe I'm biased towards Cam because I've just been always a fan of him. But uh, damn, I don't. He's got he's got a healthy shoulder now though. Like I mean, but you could say the same thing for Garoppolo. Like he is right. coming off an injury. I mean, too, like so. it just seems like the last couple of years after the like after the Super Bowl year. And don't get me wrong, like, I I love Cam Newton. I'm a huge Cam Newton supporter. and I want to see him do well. But like after that Super Bowl year, it seems like every year there's kind of like one more thing like that where like, oh well, but it but this year it's different. Like he's like his knee is healthy now. Like he wasn't healthy then, but like his knee is healthy now. And then it was like it's every year it's like, well, his shoulder is a hundred percent. Let's see what he does with a hundred percent. And then it's like, well, but his 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 it's all deteriorated to a point where now it doesn't really matter if he's a hundred percent because he's never going to stay. 100% to kind of like, sure. you know, stay aggressive for an entire season. And plus, I think he really, if we can just sidetrack for a second, he really has, I think his career as a whole has kind of taken a hit because he he really doesn't get the uh, protection that a lot of other quarterbacks are afforded. And I really think it's impacted his career trajectory overall. I think he doesn't get to this point where you're dealing with injuries like this and you're getting knocked down list where if, if you're getting kind of the same protections and people are avoiding you, 
like they would if it was a, a different quarterback. If sure, that makes sense. Sure. And it's just the way he plays too. Sure. I mean, he's he's a running quarterback. That's I mean, he started as a running quarterback. He's trying to develop more into a you know a more accurate quarterback. Um, I saw I was doing some fantasy football research already in June, and I've heard a lot about the Carolina Panthers having one of the top rated offensive lines. So we'll see if that helps. They did upgrade it this year. As far as names, I don't recall them, but um, yeah, he's going to definitely need some protection coming into his was it his tenth year now, ninth year. Um, he's not going. I mean, he still runs, but he's just not. You, you know, you get banged up like you're saying. His yards per carry are going down every year. The last looks like three or four mm-hmm. um you know eventually it's going to be the time where it's like okay well can you really sit in the pocket and throw and if you have to get outside you know you can sling it but um yeah the it, Cam, cam's one of those guys i think i was you know wasn't surprised that you had uh Derek carr a little bit you know moving up or down too because those you know they're, they're very talented dan but what are you really getting from them like on a day-to-day or a game-to-game basis as far right. as getting wins and having success. You know, we're in this fantasy football mantra of the way we watch NFL. And, you know, maybe some of my ratings are based off that because I'm a huge fantasy football nerd. Like I remember Cam Newton being a rookie and coming in and just dominating the league. But I also remember there's, you know, seasons where he's had six wins, five wins, and he's thrown, you know, a bunch of interceptions and fumbled the ball and, you know, kind of lost his cool a little bit. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of way I was trying to just take it as straight skill set. but you know, I, a healthy Cam Newton, I'm taking every day over like a Mitchell Trubisky every day over a, a, a Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott to me is like a poor man's Cam Newton. So um, I guess it'll get us into our top fives. Uh, obviously we're going to have some differentiating things here, but a few of them, I, I, it seems like we're going to have very similar, you know, similar things, uh, one through five. So my fifth one is Kirk cousins. Uh, again, Kirk, I think is at his peak of how good he's going to be. He's a 500 quarterback, never should have been paid what he was paid for the Vikings. I mean, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit and watch, see if it really works out. And, you know, you still have to, you know, I think the, the jury's still out, but the talent that Kirk Cousins has, I think, is he had talent before he had the two great receivers he has, and it's only made him a little bit better. So I think he's he's my fifth one. Fourth, I have Cam Newton. Uh, actually, well, I'll, I'll go with my fourth, and you can obviously rattle yours off here. Um, so I, I got Cam at four. I've already talked about a b- bunch about him. I think, end of the day, Cam's ceiling is extremely high um, compared to a lot of the guys I've already listed. But um, who's your fifth and fourth, Dan? So at five, um, I have Carson Wentz at okay. uh, at number five, um, and and so yeah, I think maybe I put a little too much stock into um, into health and injury, or okay. at least maybe a little bit more than you did because I think Carson Wentz is very talented, and I I think I mean obviously you go back to that year that they won the Super Bowl, obviously did it without him after that ACL injury that derailed what you could probably call an MVP season. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but at at this point he comes back from the ACL injury. He misses time again last year after the back injury. And, you know, and maybe you can, maybe you can throw some of that, the, the middling success he had last year to the, uh, you know, controversy of Nick Foles being there and, you know, I mean, how how good was he really because he has Nick Foles breathing out of his neck every time he does something wrong? Um, so I think there's an argument to be made for that. But, I mean, 
with just the the success that I saw in a limited scenario, and then you come back from that injury, and I didn't really see that again, and then you got injured a second time, and not just injured a second time, but a back injury, so now it's the knee and the back, which, you know, outside of your arm are probably the two biggest things that a quarterback has to deal with uh, injury-wise over their career, so for me... I just think I think we've kind of reached the peak of what Carson Wentz can be, okay. uh, which which is right about there. Um, at four, I actually have um, I have Dak Prescott at number four. Oh, okay, and for me, maybe it's again the injury thing. He just he seemed to kind of like stay healthier than a lot of the other quarterbacks, and that's probably to do with offensive line play. You know, he plays with a great offensive line. He plays with a great weapons, has a decent running back that keeps the pressure off of him. But um, I really do think that he's a fairly decent quarterback and can play in a, a, a system that isn't just built around him or, you know, making uh, uh, plays with his legs. I, I think that he can make the throws if he needs to. Um, honestly, if, if guys like Newton and Carson Wentz aren't dealing with these sort of nagging injuries every single year. I, I put them above Dak Prescott talent wise, but just because Dak Prescott has the talent and has been able to stay, you know, healthy for most of his career. That's why I put him above, above those two. Um, so a little, so we've got a little bit of, uh, of um, a disagreement there. I had forgot you had, hadn't rattled off Dak. And like, now I'm looking at his like stuff and it's like, yeah, you know, I could, I can see the argument for him. I just, I don't see how, like, in his current situation, his talent – like, I feel like he's, like, at his peak. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. he really hasn't had many injuries. He's, you know, had these years where he's, like, you know, rattling off 10 wins, and he's got good numbers, don't get me wrong. I mean, 13 wins his rookie year, and, you know, I mean, the touchdowns are kind of low as far as, you know, being an elite quarterback. I just don't see those – the measure, like as far as the, the the stats, I guess aren't great. And again, maybe that's on the fantasy football dude. But like his wins, like he's thirty two and sixteen. Like that's damn good. Like that's really good. Honestly, I think maybe it speaks more for who the Packers are playing quarterback wise this year because with the bottom six uh, or the bottom five of you know we all had we had Stafford, Trubisky, Haskins, and Garoppolo. So right there, you're pretty much guaranteed to be ranked six or higher if you're not one of those players. That's a good and point. so and you know, so from there, you know, I don't think you would put Matt Stafford in a in a you know category above any of those players. So if you want to put him six right there, well now you're basically guaranteed a a, a top top six and above, depending on where you want to throw him. And so, you know, I think it's just we kind of value the different the different uh aspects of their career or where their ceilings are. Um you know, differently at mm-hmm. this point. For sure. Um, so I think we'll, if we're going to do it this way, let's go, we'll give our three and two, and then we'll both kind of do our ones at the end. Okay. And uh, and reveal it that way. So at number three, um, I actually put Kirk Cousins. And I think, again, it, it kind of falls in the Dak Prescott category. I, I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. Um, and I think last year really didn't show – what he can do, I think a lot of that had to do, again, with an offensive line that was basically tissue paper, and he really couldn't make anything happen. Um, 
but but when he's in a system that gives him the time to make things work, and I'm not saying that that's going to be this year, I'm saying that if he has the time to make throws that any decent quarterback needs to do his job, I think Kirk Cousins is pretty damn good at it and can make the throws. I mean, you saw the throw he made uh, to Adam Thielen in week two to send the game basically to overtime. Uh, I mean, he you know that that's an Aaron Rodgers type throw to thread the needle in there like that. Uh, in that kind of situation, that's a big time throw for the guy. And I think that he's uh, proven time and time again, he can do that. I agree with you. I don't think he's worth the money that they paid for him, especially not guaranteed. Um, But that's where I put him. And so at number two, and I think this is going to decide whether or not you or I uh, differ at the top. um, I put number two, Patrick Mahomes, uh, because... Obviously, what he did last year was absolutely bonkers. It made me fall in love with him, and I really like watching him play. And I think he'll give the Packers a lot of trouble. I think he does have a bit of a sophomore slump this year because I think that's just very natural for any quarterback to kind of have. You don't, you don't think he's going to go into the 50s again with touchdowns, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would hope. Yeah. yeah like, that'd right. Be crazy. I mean, like. Like obviously he's not going to have the same the same year he is he had last year, and I think obvi- I think too, you've got a whole and that's this kind of the cliche, but you have a whole year of tape on him now. Exactly, and so you know teams can start to game plan around it, and I think Andy Reid has the uh, you know tendency to fall into that complacency trap of sticking with what worked, and so I, I just worry that that's going to kind of limit what Patrick Mahomes does in his sophomore year. So that's why I put him at number two. That's fair. What about yours? Uh, I have Wentz at three. Um, I think, again, it's, you know, the injury thing. You're playing a little bit more into it where I'm just kind of like, you know, he's he's young. He's going to figure it out. I think a lot of it had to do with Nick Foles, too. Maybe he tried to come back and prove, you know, that he was the guy and not Nick. I mean, there was – I really wasn't sure how that was going to play out in all honesty. I mean, I can – there's – certain things I'll look at in the NFL and be like, okay, you know, this is this is how it's going to be. You know, Carson Wentz is going to be the guy. Nick Foles is going to be the backup. Then he wins a Super Bowl. And, you know, it kind of even got even stickier even after that. And thankfully, you know, for Carson Wentz's career, uh, Nick Foles found a different job down in Jacksonville. But I think Carson Wentz is a really good football player. Uh, the injuries have definitely nagged him throughout his career, like you said, uh, the back and the knee. Um I thought he came back well after the knee injury, and then it's just like, you know, just one thing leads to another. But I, I really do like Carson Wentz. He's my number three. Uh, my number two is Phillip Rivers. Uh, uh. I, I love I love Phil. Like, I think he's great. But I don't – I've never seen Phillip Rivers, like, win a big game. And I thought last year really was going to be the year where they, like, they put him over the hump and they had all this talent, I mean, on the defense and on the offense. And it was just – it was stacked. And it just – he just doesn't seem like we always, everyone knows like the Phillip rivers that just is going ballistic. Like after a bad call, maybe on a third down and his team has to get off the field and he rips his helmet off and he's John with the referee. And like, sometimes I feel like that's, that's good that he's like intense and his competitor, but like sometimes like he loses his cool and like, he just can't, can't hold it together. Uh, so, I mean, I think Phillip is, you know, the Packers are going to have a tough time. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like when they play Phillip rivers, it's, it's not going to be pretty. I mean, they're they're probably going to get torched. Luckily, it's you know it's it's also in uh, Los Angeles, so and they got to travel. It's a three thirty game. Like I just you know coming off of a Chiefs game in Week Eight, 
they're going to have some trouble with Phillip, but he's my number two. And obviously, yeah, we can kind of we could debate this for a while, honestly. Right? I mean, well let, I, let well let's jump into. It. I mean, you've got Mahomes then at, at number one. Right. Uh, I've got Rivers at number one. So we flip flop our ones and twos. And so, uh, give give me the case for Mahomes at number one then. I think Mahomes, talent wise, I mean, you talk about his arm strength; it's next to none. Uh, accuracy, I don't think is really an issue. I mean, he was sixty six percent last year. That's gonna only go up. Um, you know, for career, that's under what Philip Rivers has done. Uh, you know, only turn the ball over twelve times in the air. Like I, again, I, statistically, is he gonna throw for five thousand and fifty fifty touchdowns again? Probably not. Um, more than likely, when you guys listen to the podcast, well, no, yeah, actually, when you'll be listening to this on Tuesday, uh, Tyreek Hill will be like in a meeting with Chief Staff. Like, if Tyreek Hill is suspended for, I mean, it could be the full year, if not a lifetime ban or four weeks, wherever it is. Like, that's going to affect his numbers. But uh, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna see a regression in the stats. Like I said, but I just think. Like, that's his first year. Like, there's so much to build off. Andy is Andy Reid. Like, that's only going to develop his skills more. And it's tough to really, like – the problem I was having, Dan, doing this is, like, you look at a player and you're like, okay, he's really, really good. Oh, but he gets to throw to these two really good receivers. Oh, but he's got this really bad offensive line, so I put him down. Oh, but he had this, like, uh, bad run game. Or, like, a, oh, he's, got the, he's on his third coach in five years. Like, that was the difficulty I was having. And I just look – Straight talent, like Patrick Mahomes is better than Phillip Rivers, in my opinion. I think Phillip is, you know, he's still kind of pulling that Tom Brady where it's like he's going to keep playing until it, the, the wheels fall off. And I really thought this past year was going to be it. And, you know, it, it didn't happen. Um, I just they, – they also draft a quarterback too. So I, I don't know. Like what's your, what's your case for Rivers though? That's really what I'm interested in. So my case for Phillip Rivers, and I, I, I won't I – won't, uh dismiss anything you said about Mahomes because yeah, I think the ceiling is incredibly high for Patrick Mahomes. Um, but, but being, but with it next year and the talent, the talent wise next year, I just, I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes do it without those speedy guys in the system that they have. Cause that system really worked because you had two of the fastest, most dynamic players in Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, you know, making that work. I, I I just haven't seen Patrick Mahomes have to try and make that work without them or without players of that caliber. Um, Philip Rivers, I've seen do his best to make it work without that elite kind of talent, or at least I should say at least that scheme, because he's had an incredible amount of talent over his career. Obviously, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, you know, now uh, Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon uh, the past couple of years. Um, but I, I think Phillip Rivers has just that more traditional – I've seen I've seen Phillip Rivers make the throws and make the plays with lesser talent. And so I just – I know what I'm getting out of Phillip Rivers. And it's really, I think, it's, it's big – I think he's – really, he's Big Ben without the Super Bowl – ring um you know which i think that's, that's not a bad comparison right I, I mean like they they kind of have the same skill set they have the same body type they play the same kind of way you know and maybe i just feel bad for philip rivers because he's never gotten to that point it just the the the, the joke always is that 
Philip Rivers in every single game will be down four points with four minutes left to go and have to drive the ball uh, 80 yards to score a game-winning touchdown. He is always in that situation. And, like, it's like every single week he's, like, he's having to overcome, you know, I think just more situations than uh, other teams or other quarterbacks kind of have to. And so I think his talent gets negated a little bit by that. But I think if you put him on, on different teams or, you know, in different situations or even if just things in his career break a different kind of way, he has that same kind of, you know, uh, accolades that other quarterbacks have. And so for me, Phillip Rivers, I, I've always loved him. I think he's out of everyone that's on this list. He's the veteran quarterback that I would trust the most in any variety of situation in the game, whether it be, you know, up 28 points or down one point to, you know, with 20 yards to go or, or whatever it is, um, you know, like it, it, whatever situation is, I trust Philip Rivers the most. And then also if we're just making the, the quarterbacks that the Packers have to face, Philip Rivers always, I mean, comes out and balls against the Packers. I mean, you know, the last time, uh, it was it was really a uh, diving play made. I forget who made the play. I, I think it was um, Micah Hyde, or it might have even been Quentin Rollins. Demarius it was Rollins. It was I think it was Rollins. It was like wasn't they throwing to Keenan Allen like at yeah. the pylon something like at, that? At the pylon, it makes you know a, a tremendous save on fourth down to save the game. And then I think before that, they might have gone to overtime, or it was close at the end. They won on the last second field goal. I don't really I don't remember. But the last two times, at least, Philip Rivers always balls out against the Packers, and now he gets them in L.A. on on the uh, the short you know the week the Packers come off the Chiefs, they have to go cross country the late game. If it's if it's situation, I think Philip Rivers is one of the toughest ones, and then you throw in what he brings, I think that makes him number one. But I I will say the case for Mahomes. I, I will not. I will not. I will not. Uh, you know, knock a case for Patrick Mahomes as number one on the list. Now I'm thinking. Like I agree with that. That Rivers being the um, like, who do you want with the ball late? Like right. I don't think that's a bad way to look at it. Like who's your second guy on this list then, just for fun? Because I'm looking through mine while you're saying this, and I really. If I, it's I, if I, we're I, like like who would you want with the ball? Yes. Honestly, honestly, I would, I would almost go Kirk Cousins. Okay, okay. Just, just because again, if that if that's the question, if it's not who I think the toughest player the Packers are going to play is, it's who's who I want the ball with. That I think Cousins just gets knocked up a touch over Mahomes because again, I've seen Kirk Cousins do it in different systems. If that makes sense. No, no. That's I mean, he was one of the few I would pick. Honestly, I think maybe Dak. Like, even though I have him ranked at nine, I know it's extreme, but, like, just the way that offense runs and moves and the way he's, like, you know, again, end of the year last year in the playoffs, like, he, he proved a lot to me. And yeah. I, he's not ever too crazy with the ball. Uh, he's consistent. And, again, now it's going back to, you know, he's got a good run game, yada, yada. But I think he's a, he's a smart football player. Um, yeah, I'd throw Kirk up there, too, though. I think Kirk can do that and um, – He's got weapons you can throw the ball to, but Kirk's a veteran. Again, there's a couple other guys on the list that, you know, haven't really, you know, they're in their first couple of years of, the, of their careers. You don't really know what you're going to get. They're maybe a little bit errant with the ball. Plus they're like 
be a mobile quarterback who's going to throw the ball more and maybe take more risks with their legs. So, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. So that that is our top ten list. Um, the beauty about top ten list is every single person that has their own top list is correct, and every other person is completely wrong. And so uh, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, who, who are your top ten? Uh, is Philip Rivers elite? Yes, maybe no. Uh, like, let it, let us know ex- what you think about all of this. And uh, this is just the kickoff to what we're doing here on the Packaday Podcast the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to uh, real live training camp and the start of the preseason, uh, breaking down all of the different. Um, position groups as we go forward one through 10. And so tomorrow, uh, make sure you stick around for uh, Nick, Maggie and Paul. They're going to break down the top 10 running backs that the Packers are going to face in 2019. And then uh, it just goes straight down the line from there, taking a look at all the different position groups the Packers are going to be looking at. We're going to be breaking down schedules. We're going to be breaking down, obviously the Packers position groups so that's all coming down the pike on the Pack a Day podcast. So make sure you like, uh, like the pay or like the uh, follow us on Twitter. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Your uh, subscribing, rate, review the podcast. It helps us a big time, especially with our switch over to Anchor. A uh, lot of big things happening with the podcast, Matt. Uh, I'm excited for what we've got coming up. Um, so make sure you follow us at Pack a Day Podcast. Uh, follow me and Matt. Let us know uh, directly what we what you think of us and our our uh, our list. I'm at DK all the way on Twitter. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at Matt underscore F R A underscore. I feel like I'm going to get you know some backlash from some of my buddies, like saying how Derek Carr is maybe the sixth best quarterback, or like. I just feel I can, it's going to happen. Like I already know, like I have like five guys in my head that I know they're good buddies of mine. I just feel like they're, I'm just going to get a little troll. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that, and that's, that's where, that's or where today. it all, that's where it all comes yeah, from yeah. in the, the top 10 list. I mean, the, look at the, uh, the NFL top 10 show that they have, you know, and then they do the top tens and everyone's arguing with each other about who is where and who's higher or lower on the list. And that's the absolute beauty of, uh, of these top 10 lists. I think. Um, yeah. It's great. I love it. And they can also like too. Like they can like us on Facebook. You were trying to figure out where you can like, I mean, review like Facebook's Facebook's good, but we we do most of our damage on Twitter and obviously on the iTunes and Spotify's, but uh, yeah, we're only growing, Dan. We're not even a full I year mean, into you, this. Could you say that we're the Patrick Mahomes of Packers podcasts? Whoa. 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 That's. Is that, is that the hottest take yeah, that no, we've had here? That. It's pretty hot take. It's extremely hot. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely room temp. No, I like it. Um, All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Like I said, make sure you stick around the next couple of days and moving through uh, the rest of the season, the rest of the off season with us. Uh, So for um, for Janelle, we'll give her one uh, together, but uh, we'll finish off the podcast as we always do with uh, three best words, and that is go Go pack go. go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.